What's good, beautiful people? It is whatever day you're listening to this on. I'm your host, Sono, and this is the Vowels Pod. Um, yeah, this wasn't planned at all, but I kind of like it even more for that reason. Now, before I get into anything, I just wanted to explain that I lost all my recordings. Yeah, something happened to my drive and the files got all messed up, hence the hiatus. And I've just been trying to figure out how to re-record the episodes in the middle of this lockdown. But thanks for being patient. I'll be up and running soon. So... On this bonus episode, I'll call it, I want to talk about something that I'm starting to realize more than a few of my close friends are dealing with, and maybe some of you might be too. Now, this comes after one of my best friends from high school tells me he's not sure he wants to be a doctor anymore. So this morning, he hits me up just randomly and we're talking. So I ask him, yo, how's work? He says he's not working at the moment. He just wasn't feeling it. Huh. So then I start digging a little bit. Was it the job or the workplace? In my head, if it's the workplace, switch units, switch hospitals altogether, find a clinic, you know what I mean? Dude says it's the job itself. I've never really wanted to be a doctor, to be honest. Now, let me just pause there for a second. Y'all ever see someone in the position where you want to be or want it to be and they tell you they don't like it? There's a small part of you that wants to karate chop them in the throat and smack them upside the head. You're living my dream, and you're unhappy? So I asked him how he ended up with the MD at the end of his name. He said it was pretty much his attempt to please his parents and society, just make him happy. It was the smart kid thing to do. And I mean, he wasn't wrong. Like, homie's always been a smart dude. You know, class clown, played sports. Never really had to put much work in to get good grades as far as any of us saw. And med school was almost expected of him by everyone. Now, like I mentioned in the first episode, I grew up in Jamaica. I can readily think of maybe 15 of my direct classmates from elementary and high school. Like direct classmates, not just like year group, like direct classmates that are doctors today. Not to mention the others, right? I remember over the years just kind of scrolling through Facebook and Instagram. And honestly, man, I'm sure the algorithm had it out for me at some point because it was like, oh, this person's a doctor. These people just passed their board exams. This person's graduating med school. Yo, there was one year where like every every day for like two weeks straight, everyone was posting their grad photos or their board exam passes. And mind you, I was genuinely happy for them. But at the time, I was struggling just to prepare for the MCATs. These people were done what I was yet to even begin. Now, another one of my best friends wanted to be a doctor as well. She had the grades down pat, like GPA was mint, but she hated having to kiss up to profs over the years just so they could write her a recommendation letter. Like she's genuinely pretty reserved and she's pretty quiet, but she also wasn't fond of all the extracurricular stuff that was required to beef up her application. So she decided she was going to get into nursing after her first degree. Now, she's got one year left, so that's seven years deep, and she's working as a clinical extern. Homegirl is just now second-guessing where the nursing is for her. Now, mind you, working in the hospital during the pandemic has been really hard for a lot of healthcare professionals. 
But imagine finishing seven years of university and still being uncertain about what you want to do career-wise. Now, as millennials, I feel like we put ridiculous expectations on ourselves for what our life should look like. Like in high school, with next to no preparation or exposure, we're left to make decisions that could shape the rest of our lives. You know, how can we really be expected to know how life really works, much less decide on a major that positions us for the rest of this life? I mean, at that stage, many of us don't even know how taxes work. This is one of those times where being a millennial is incredibly obtuse. There's no rule book on how to transition into adulthood, you know? I mean, there's the whole 18, I'm an adult, yes, but I mean, in non-African households anyway, 18's an adult, fine. But like, I'm talking about like the final year of your first degree into like the first couple of years after graduation. Like the part of adulthood where many of us are properly on our own for the first time, you know? There's no more classes or assignments to regulate what day of the week it is. Your job that used to keep you afloat during school just doesn't seem to cut it anymore. Like, you have a degree now. You have a diploma. You're a responsible adult. You should be working in your field, right? Or at least making close to that kind of money elsewhere. But again, these are the expectations that we've imposed on ourselves based on what society says is the norm. Meanwhile, I know some Gen Xers and boomers that are still trying to get a handle on life. And social media doesn't quite help this either. Like, we're flooded with images of end products and stories. Like, we hardly see people going through the tough time. Like, people rarely show the tough stuff while they're going through it. They might, like, post a throwback, oh, I remember this and that. But, like, for the most part, we see the end product, you know? Only they know what really went down. And I remember many years ago, many years ago, <laughs> my girlfriend at the time called me fake. She said, I pretend like everything is fine and dandy when it's not. I should show people that I'm not where, I th not where they think I am in life. But to me, I was just putting my best foot forward. But I mean, there's some element of that in the way we publicly present ourselves. You know, like you don't, for me, it's like, you don't have to look like what you're going through. Put your best foot forward and just keep it pushing. But the truth is like, we're all still figuring the th words. <laughs> we're all still figuring things out. We're all growing. Even my Nigerian parents are still growing as parents. They're figuring out how to parent adult children. And they've been doing this parenting thing for close to 30 years, but they still don't fully have a handle on parenting three adults. This is new to them, you know? So now back to this concept of millennials putting certain expectations on ourselves. And I'll use myself as an example. I graduated high school at the age of 15. Now context, I started school a year late, but I ended up going through two years of kindergarten and the first grade in one school year because I was smart at the time. <laughs> I went from K1 to grade 2, so I was the youngest person in my grade thereafter. Now, did I lie about my age to girls in high school? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not sure if it means anything now, but apologies to all the girls that I lied to about my age. Like, I was the youngest person in the whole school when I started high school. I needed something to keep afloat, you know? But anyway, so I had this whole idea of being a doctor by 21. Finished high school by 15, six years in med school, doctor by 21. Beautiful idea, right? I could flex on the world with that one. But let me take it back to the beginning. So from very early on, I wanted to be a doctor. It's the earliest professional aspiration that I had. But then in the fifth grade, I started taking computer classes. Back then, the floppy disk wasn't just an icon. Like we each had our own floppy disks that we had to bring to class twice a week. And I was one of the best in the game, like no cap. I could make the little paperclip man do tricks in Microsoft Word. Y'all remember that little paperclip thingy? 
I could like make all the cool shapes. I could make it do specific shapes with specific commands. And yo, don't even get me started on my word art. What do you mean? Cause yo, but I was so far ahead that I'd finish a lesson before the teacher even finished teaching it half the time. And then I just spend the rest of the time just trying out other cool tricks on the computer. But yeah, fifth grade me being phenomenal on the computer decided I was going to be a computer engineer. Now I had no idea what it was. But it had computer in the name, and no one else I knew was on that wave. Everyone wanted to be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher. I was more of a maverick. I wanted to be different, you know? I was going to be a computer engineer. And a doctor, but yeah. Fast forward to the ninth grade. I started taking a class called Technical Drawing. Now, TD is basically a precursor to, like, engineering drawing or like architectural drawing but yo i felt so elite i had my whole t-square on my back like it was easily one of my favorite classes in high school and i loved how hands-on it was and how it allowed for so much creative freedom but was still so precise and calculated you know so from grade nine onwards i decided i was going to be an architect but also a doctor <laughs> i was going to do part-time architect full-time doctor that's all i knew don't ask no more questions so anyway, I transferred that knowledge and I started learning AutoCAD and Google SketchUp and I started designing houses. It, it's how I started playing Sims in the first place. I still play Sims to this day sometimes, rarely, but sometimes. But I would get in the game, I'd use the money cheat code and rack up bear cash, and then I'd just build really elaborate houses and just watch my designs kind of come to life, you know? So after high school, I went to college to study architecture and construction technology, and I enjoyed it a little. The architecture part, way more than the construction, though. I just love the drafting and the designing, definitely. But the construction bit, mm, I could have done without that, you know? So I finished the degree, and I went to work at the Ministry of Education in their architecture division. My first office job, you know, I had to get dressed up in my shirt and tie. Like, I was elite. I was 17 years old. I was nice. And in about a month, I was over it. <laughs> There was no creativity, no color, just drafting square after square, line after line, based on pre-approved designs by the government. So in no time, I was bored out of my mind. I spent my days staring at a computer screen, just clicking things into place. And I mean, my colleagues were super cool, like, don't get me wrong, but most times it was pretty quiet. People had stuff to do, you know? So eventually, architecture was a bust. And that same September, I was back in school. Medical lab science. This was going to be my pre-med and then med school. And I'd be back on track, plus or minus a few years. And I enjoyed parts of the program. I lived for the more hands-on stuff, man. The lab work, like growing bacteria, viewing preserved tissues under the microscope, drawing blood from my lab partners, like stuff. I loved stuff like that. And then at the end of the school year, I find out we are moving to Canada. That means starting over. Again. <laughs> But the thing is, so by the time I was applying to university here, applications had closed for the med lab program. So I was left with health sciences. Either way, I was going to be fine, right? Pre-med is pre-med is pre-med. Now, here's how I know I was out of my depth with this whole adulthood thing. Mind you, at this point, I'm 18. Now, coming from Jamaica, med school just seemed like a normal trajectory thing, you know? Elementary school, you write an exam, you go to high school. High school, you write an exam, you go to university. Med school, to me, was university in my head, you know? So I didn't start doing much research into what med school required here in North America until halfway through my final year. I figured, 
you know what, school's almost done. Let me see what med schools I can apply to this summer. And then I started looking up like the whole process and what it entails. And I see this thing called the MCAT. Now, I was so sure MCAT was like an American thing, like it was only required in the States. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> but separate from that, like, let's not even touch on that. Med school applications closed in October of the previous year. On top of that, my GPA wasn't close to competitive. So reality hits me like a truck. Then I started talking to a few of my close friends about it. One in particular asked me why I wanted to be a doctor. I didn't really have an answer. I just told her it's what I've always wanted to do. It was the only thing that remained constant from childhood. I used to write doctor in front of my name since maybe like 06, 07, around the same time my mom finished her PhD. And I've even gotten like mail addressed to me with like doctor before my name on it a couple of times. Like that doctor thing became a part of my identity almost. And my family reinforced the whole narrative too. I mean, my dad, my mom would always like motivate me. Oh, remember, you're going to be a doctor. This is what you want to do, blah, blah, blah. And everyone was just, everyone knew me as that person, right? Now, remember, I wanted to be a computer engineer, but also a doctor. And I was going to be an architect and also a doctor. But then when both of those fell through, I fell back to the thing that I first said I wanted to do. Everyone who knew me back then, and even people now, like, know that I wanted to be a doctor. There's people in the fashion industry to this day that still call me their doctor model. I just told everyone that because that's what I thought I wanted to do. So then she asked me again, my friend. She says, but why do you want to be a doctor specifically? And I said, well, I want to help people. So she says to me, I know, I know you love to help people. It's one of the things I admire about you. But is this your passion? Is medicine the only way you can help people? Now, my whole thought process begins to spiral. It was back to the drawing board two degrees later. Now, to cut an already long story short, I did another degree with the intention of getting a better GPA to apply to med school with. It was more the same story. All the same requirements were pretty discouraging. But then bringing it back to my convo with my boy this morning, he says, man, you didn't run out of smarts. You ran out of focus. So I tack on. I'm like, man, honestly, I just lost the drive altogether. He says, Probably deep down, you didn't really want it either. And I told him, I don't want it. I know that now. But you see, there's a big part of me that I had to wrestle with for years before becoming comfortable with admitting that. I had to come to the realization that trying not to let people down wasn't going to fulfill me. They were living their lives. I'd live mine. But I was a chronic people pleaser, so I kept working hard to get into med school so that I could make those people proud of me. And I was okay racking up hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt just to say I did it. I made y'all proud. And I even like convinced myself at one point, like, you know what? This is proof that I really want to be a doctor. The fact that I'm willing to go to this much school just to get into med school, it must mean that this is what I'm meant to do. But then there's also the part of me that wanted to prove to some people that said I couldn't do it, that I could. Right now, don't particularly care anymore. You only get one shot at life and leaving a legacy. And I saw this quote on IG a long time ago. It said, every man has two lives. The second life begins the day you realize you only have one. So I stopped beating myself up for, quote unquote, giving up on the dream. And I started channeling my energy into finding my passion and my purpose in life. Now, this whole spiel was just to kind of share that we're also figuring it out. Like, I'm on a journey to find my passion and my purpose, but still secure the bag along the way, you know? 
My homie David did a series on his podcast, Life IQ. He talked to a few people about what was more important to them, passion, purpose, or paychecks. Y'all should check it out when you get a chance. But to the listeners out there, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told my boy. No, actually, I'll play the voice note. Man, see what I learned the past year, this past just year and a half almost, is that we got time, man. Like, we have time. So I feel like we've, we've all kind of put this pressure on ourselves to to be at a certain level at a certain point in time. But the reality is, yeah, we have time. I mean, we're not going to waste time, but there's no... Like, if, if there's ever a time to question what you want to do and start over or switch paths, now is the time. Yeah, so um, I didn't expect for this to be more than a few minutes, but it needed to be said. Um, yeah, living solely for the expectations of others is an easy way to end up living an unfulfilling life. Find what you want to do, and you'll wake up every day grateful for another opportunity to make whatever impact you want to make on whatever scale you want to do it at. If you start something and realize that you don't have any interest in it, really there's nothing wrong in backing out and switching it up. For me, I was halfway through my third year of my second degree when I realized I'd enjoy kinesiology more. I decided, though, that it would make more sense to finish public health before going into kin. If I could go back, though, I probably would have pieced out and switched on the spot. But at the same time, I did learn some pretty valuable stuff about myself in the process. And, like, just the way my life turned out just because of that extra year of school, I'd say it worked out pretty nicely. I mean, at the end of the day, the decision's yours. Like, here I am, three degrees later, and I'm still figuring it out. So it's okay to give up sometimes. That's the one thing about a millennial that's that's amazingly easy. Giving up one thing to pursue another. Now, if you're listening to this, it means you have a near infinite amount of information and resources at your fingertips because this is coming from the internet. You really can be whatever you want to be if you put in the work. And if it's really your passion, it'll be hard to keep you away from it. So if you're going to give up, don't stop giving up until you're proud, if that makes any sense. But again, thanks for bearing with me while I get these episodes re-recorded. I think I've got it figured out this time. And like I said in the last episode, I'm looking forward to the journey. So I guess losing content is part of that journey, I guess. But yeah, I think, I think I'm think i going to call it for this episode, this bonus episode. But remember, kids, only the nose knows where the nose goes when the doors close. <laughs> Uh, I'll see you on the internet.